like Freaky Friday up here. Like, where's Casey? I'm not Casey, if you're wondering. Uh, my name is Chris. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. Let's give it up for this band this morning, right? Come on. <laughs> Woo! Man. Man, let me, I just got to tell you guys, this band works hard every single week, man. I love working with them. They do such an amazing job. How about Savannah on those vocals, man? Just killing it by there. Like, taking me to church. Almost got saved again. Yes. Almost got saved again, but I'm already saved, so I didn't need it. No one? Okay. All right, cool. So, thank you. Thank you. All right, before we start, who is excited for Christmas? Come on, let's hear it. Somebody. All right, at the same time, on the count of three, I want us to all yell out what we want for Christmas, okay? One, two, three. Yell it out. Yes, I heard that. Yes, I heard that. Tiana, you said you wanted to be taller. I don't know if it's going to happen. And Mike, Hudson, I heard you, you said you want facial hair. I'll pray for you on that. I don't know. Maybe it might happen. I don't know. But Tiana, I didn't hear your request to become taller. I don't know what God has in store for you. It might, it might happen. It might not. You know, like, I'm, I'm not God. I'm just Chris. So, you know, it happens. Well, hey, guys. Uh, my name is Chris. I am the director of student worship here. So my job is pretty cool. I get to work with middle school through college students, and uh, I get to help grow them and their talents, um, lead them closer to the Lord, and lead worship. So it's like everything I could ever want. So I basically have my dream job. It's pretty cool. But besides that, though, I'm 25 years old. Um, trying to think what I like to do for fun. Uh, I like long walks on the beach. Um, I'm just kidding. I actually don't like the beach. I can't stay out there for too long. I'm dark, so the sun and stuff kind of makes me crispy. I'm sure not many of you can deal with that, but for me, I don't like it. It's way too much. Uh, I do love buffalo chicken pizza, though. That is a banger in my life. If you're ever wondering, like, Chris, what do you get Chris when he's feeling down? Buffalo chicken pizza is the answer, okay? Um, also, I love the Lord, and I love being here with you guys. And uh, let's give it up for Casey. Casey does a great job here every single week. Yes. 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 And before we even really get going, I'm going to go ahead and get out the way this Alatuna heresy game. All right. Let's go ahead and go ahead and get it out. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's crazy. Man, here, this is how you guys know you're not from the streets, okay? Because you don't start cheering when there's a group of like 90 Alatuna people compared to like two Harrison kids, okay? Like, you just don't do that. You have to know your surroundings, okay? Right, Tiana? Come on. You got to know your surroundings. You just don't start talking like two against 90. It just doesn't work out. All right. Awesome. So, all right, guys. So, we're going to get into it. Let's bring you back in a little bit. We had some fun. We can talk about that after. Yes. So, today, we're going to be reading from Chapter 2 of Luke. Uh, We're going to talk about, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. That's the song we're doing in our series, Christmas Playlist. But before we read that, I want to preface something for you guys uh, in Matthew chapter 25. So Taylor's going to put it on the screen. Let's read it. When a son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all nations and he will separate people. One from another, a shepherd separate the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of this world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? 
And this is what he says. And the king will answer him, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Let's pray. Father, you are so good. We thank you for this opportunity for us to be here. Jesus, we pray this morning just for, have some fun, but also just to experience who you are, to come face to face with the King of kings and Lord of lords in this place. Father, we know Christmas is a very tough time for people, um, but we also know it can be very exciting as well. So Father, I pray, Lord, um, that we just respect and honor you and that we have our full attention. All of these we pray. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. So before we talk being faithful, we should probably have a definition, right? I have two twins. Her name are uh, Oxford and Webster. They gave me this definition. No one? Thank you. Okay, so you guys have never read a dictionary. That's cool. So it says faithful definition is loyal, constant, and steadfast, true to the facts or the original. Let's read that again. Loyal, constant, and steadfast, true to the facts or the original. Now, just as we are faithful in good ways, right, I think sometimes we kind of have faithful habits that aren't so good. Now, if you guys know me, I have an amazing girlfriend. Her name is Haley. She's in the back. Yes, yes. Oh, get it all out. Okay. Yes. Wait, whatever. Uh, but you see here, she has a lot of great faithful habits, but she's also faithful in some habits. Okay. So you guys know how phone calls work, right? Like a conversation on the phone, like if you're the one calling the person, usually you lead the conversation, right? So Haley calls me all the time, right? She calls me. I would call me too. I'm pretty awesome. She calls me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. She calls me, and this is what she does. She'll, say, she'll call me. i say, hello. She'll go, hello. And then, and I'm like, what's up? You know, like, I'm waiting on her to, like, give me something, right? And then she goes, you don't have to be so rude. Like, I'm here trying to talk to you. I'm like, you haven't said a word. I've been on pause for, like, 10 seconds, right? Or, okay, Haley does not like bugs, okay? I'm working one night, and there's this wasp in her bathroom in Statesboro. We're four hours away from each other. I'm working in my room. I get a FaceTime. I answer it. I'm like, what's up? She's crying, losing it. I'm like, what's going on in here? You know, I'm so in trouble for this later. But I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, what's up? She's like, there's a wasp in my bathroom. I can't kill it. Something's happening. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, you know, maybe you should like, I don't know, like kill it, you know, because like no one can help you. Like I can't help you. Like I can't spray bug spray through the phone. It's not going to reach it. You know, all this stuff. And, you know, there's two ways to respond as the male species, right, when it comes to women. You can respond in a loving, caring way. Or you can respond in a rude, sarcastic way. I took the high road. I did the right thing, fellas. I was sarcastic. I was like, kill yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I did not think you guys would do that. <laughs> okay, we need to have a couple seminars soon. All right. Yes, talk to Elise. She'll set up something for you girls, all that good stuff. Wow. Okay, so I took the high road. I was like, I'm going to be sarcastic. So then I'm like, you know what? You need to learn how to kill this bug because what you going to do if I, I always ain't there for you. Girl, come on, kill this bug. Going on, all this stuff happening. She's crying. She's losing it. It's like a two-part saga here, all right? First part, she FaceTimes me, try to play it cool. Second part, she's weeping. It's gone. This wasp is inside of her makeup bag. All she has to do is shut the bag, slap the bad boy, done, right? Simple, simple task. This is her. Imagine this is a bag, right? I, this is all on FaceTime. Her hand's like this. She's like trying to pray over it or something. She's like, 
doing all this. She's like, you know, like, you know, in the gospel church, they're like, feet moving. I'm like, yes, yes. That's what she's doing, okay? So she's like, doing this. I'm like, just smack it already. She's like, I can't smack it. Like, she's moving her hand like this over the bag. The whole entire time, all she has to do is just put her hand down. A wasp of God, okay? To this day, I still don't know if this wasp is dead or not, but it's not dead apparently. But it was the craziest thing. Also, we have faithful habits, right, in bad ways. One of mine is ice cream, okay? I, I like to go to the gym. I love working out. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hudson, my, my man. You know what? I'll give you that $20. I owe you later, all right? So I like to go, but here's the thing. I have no problem in a donut shop with some ice cream on top. I'm all in for it, right? So here's the thing. I drove around one day after the gym this week. I didn't share this with anyone until <laughs> now. I'm going to the gym, and I'm like, God, if it's in your will, I'll stop at this place, and I'll get something to eat. If it's in your will, if there's a parking spot right in front of the door, I'll go. I drive up. I don't see one. I'm like, well, I got to get out the parking lot, right? So I drive around again. Then I'm like, well, you know, like maybe that person's leaving. Maybe it's a sign. I drive around. This is time number four by the time I go around, okay? Get around time number six, a spot's open. I'm like, boom, this is God's will, all right? <laughs> it's time for me to go into this place. I get a donut. I'm being faithful. I'm following through what the Lord has for me, right? <laughs> Just kidding. That's not it. But sometimes we live in these ways, right? We think that sometimes we're being faithful, well, really, it's just a bad habit that we have. Sometimes we are faithful in the wrong things. And this leads us to point number one we were going to talk about is, from the beginning, Christ came to save the least of these. Let's read Luke chapter 2. Here we go. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that would be for all the people. Now, a little history lesson for you guys. Shepherds were considered the least of these in Scripture, okay? They were considered irresponsible, undesirable, not really that attractive, things like that, okay? So why would the Savior of the world, why would God choose to come to shepherds? And that's to show that he is for the least of these, that God is for everybody. And here's the thing, the power of God is so strong. You see, what is the things that the angels have to say to the shepherd? What's the first things the angels say? Fear not. And this is not just an understatement of that something's coming towards them. I'm sure big beings coming towards you in the middle of the night. It's probably a little scary, right? I don't know anybody like, hey, what's up, angels? Let's hang out. You know, you're going to be a, a little bit fearful. But I believe that the angels had to say fear not because the power and the glory of God was just that strong. That it was that bold. And sometimes we don't think about that, that through the angels, they have to say, fear not, because the glory of God is that strong in our lives. It's something that we can't control or even fathom to think about. In the same way, the good news that the angel brings was what? It was the gospel. So we already see from the beginning that Jesus is bringing the gospel to the shepherds. And the thing is like, well, shepherds are the least of these, right? Yeah, well, think about who also were shepherds in the Bible. We have David, we have Moses. Who all did what? Incredible things in the scripture. Not only is the Bible, not only is the gospel for the one percenters or the higher ups or everybody else, the gospel is for the least of these. Better yet for you guys, the gospel is for everyone. Everyone say the gospel is for everyone. Yeah, that's good. We'll practice it. And we see here, Jesus calls himself, even in scripture, he calls himself what? The good shepherd. Because why? Because Jesus wants to come in and he wants to change your life. 
He wants the good news to be shared to all of those around him. In the same way, I think a lot of times we say that we want to share the gospel, but truly, maybe we don't know how. Or maybe we don't, honestly, we're even more true with ourselves. We don't know the full story of the gospel, of the good news. Because if the good news is that good, we want to share it, right? Think about it, ladies. When you get to sell at Target, TJ Maxx, and someone says, where you get that sweater from? You're like, girl, TJ Maxx, it was two bucks, you know? Like, you want to share it with what? The whole entire world, right? I mean, come on, ladies, let's be honest, right? Yes. We want to share those things, right? In the same way, the good news should impact you so much in your life that you have no choice but want to share the gospel. And we go on here to point number two. Christ was and is exactly what the world needs. And what was that? A savior. Let's read. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. We'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Now we see in the scripture here something really cool. Now for those who don't know, swaddling clothes mean that these clothes were cut from different items. So basically clothes from a shirt, pants, whatever else were wrapped around this baby who's supposed to be what? The savior of the world. So we see here already that Jesus coming in as a baby, he's already humbled himself to wear clothes that are not fit for a righteous true king, correct? He comes so he can be relatable, so he can be a normal human being. The world doesn't need another teacher, advisor, or committee, but a savior who cares and loves the whole entire world. I believe a lot of times the world will tell you, like, this is success, right? They'll tell you, get a degree in four years and you won't have any more problems, right? Let me tell you guys, it's a lie. It's not true, okay? There's always more problems to come. People say, if you have a ton of money, you won't have problems. More money, more problems. Things happen, right? A lot of times people will tell you, this is what you need to do to succeed. This is the good news. There's a worldly, secular version of the good news, and there's the right version which God presents to us in this gospel here in Luke 2. Many people will tell you, the, you have to go to a church that has the best lights because that's the cool thing to do. That's what the world wants you to know. When all you have to do is buy into the culture that is here. Many people ask me all the time working here, they're like, man, why aren't you guys not like passion? Like, why is it North Star like passion? I'm like, because we're not passion. <laughs> like, we're North Star. And sometimes you have to live in your own identity. A lot of people say, well, I, let's just follow this plan. This is it. But not many times do we ask what God has for us. I think in the same way as students in high school, we look at what our parents do, right? We say, well, my parents are a doctor. I have to be a doctor. My mom's a lawyer. I have to be a lawyer. I have to be all these things that the world tells us to do. And don't get me wrong, those things are needed. But the most important thing, a lot of people ask, when will you be successful? The key to success is being obedient. I believe obedience is the key to success. When you're doing what the Lord calls you to do, when you're all in with him, then I believe you are successful. So we see here moving on that the two reasons God was born on this day is to receive glory and for us to receive peace. Jesus was born for us to receive, for us to give him glory and for us to receive peace. Because when we give him glory, we end up with peace. Now, I don't want to call anyone out, but who would, you know, answer this to yourself, say they would probably struggle with anxiety or depression or something like that. Just think about it for a minute. Now, a lot of times we struggle with those things, right? 
and we say, like, I don't know how to get around it. I don't know how to get through it. And it's easy, right? As a Christian, the answer is what? I think as a Christian, we always say, man, just pray about it. Just go to God about it. Everything would be good, right? But it's really hard when it's like crippling you in that scenario, right? I personally don't deal with it, but I've seen it. Like people are crippling around and then they're like, man, like people keep telling me just pray about it, just pray about it. But I think a lot of times the best way to get through any situation is to give God glory. When I'm feeling down, when I feel like I can't do something, I give God glory. I go to him in praise, in prayer, in worship, and I say, God, I need you to get through the circumstance. When you're feeling lonely, the answer is not to run off and do that thing that makes you feel good, right? And that thing that makes us feel good sometimes is very unholy. It's to go to God and pray to him. When I spend time in my prayer room, when I spend time with the King of kings and Lord of lords, my life is so much different. And I believe the same can happen for you if you allow it. A lot of times, I think we sit and we try to figure it out on our own, right? We try to figure it out and say, I do this. I got it. It doesn't matter. But sometimes we just need to talk to God. A lot of times, I'll sit in Terry's office. Terry's back there. Yes, the amazing Terry. We can clap for her. Yes. Here's the cool thing about Terry's office. Terry has this little comfy little chair in her corner. For a small reason, it's like a therapy room, okay? Like all of us, all the next gen team just sits in there. I've been like, Terry, I just got to talk to you. I don't even care if she's working. I'll take this chair up at Terry. I just got to talk to you, man. And I just sit there. And I'll never forget when Elise started working here. And I'll see her in that chair. And I was like, Terry, what? Like I started crying. I was like, what are you doing? Like that's supposed to be my chair. Like this was supposed to be where I come for comfort. Like there's people sitting in it. Like why? Alicia's got here. She's been here for like 24 hours. She's already sitting in this chair, you know? <laughs> like I remember like I love that place so much. It's like my safe house, right? I'm like, why are people in my chair? The only person who gets a pass is Casey because he's been here longer. So I'm like, yeah, technically it's your chair, Casey, but it's really my chair, okay? You know, like when you're not here, it's my chair. So like a lot of times I see people, right, in my chair, and I'm like, what are you doing? But the same way, that has become a place of comfort for me. Because I know at work, if there's anyone I can talk to to get me through a situation, it's Terry. It's because she's in tune with the Lord. And, and it's not because, like, you know, she gets, like, Dr. Phil advice, you know. <laughs> Sometimes she does. Sometimes she helps me out a lot. I'm like, dang, Terry, that was really good. I'm so glad you're a mother. I would never have thought about that. And I'm so glad you're a woman because I definitely would have put my foot in my mouth. It helps me a lot. Thank you. You kept me having a girlfriend for a while now. So a lot of times we, we, we don't think about these things sometimes. But the same way, we should go to God in our times of struggle. And it's so, and it's, I get it, it's hard. It's like you sit in a room and you're talking to God and it's like, okay, God, uh, what, what do I say? Like, do I like do this? Like, do I put like a little hood over my head like a monk and like start praying? I don't know what to do, right? Sometimes it's really confusing. But here's the thing, before you even start, guess what, guys? God already knows. A lot of people are like, I don't want to talk to God because God, because I do this, I do that, or I'm a sinner, I do this. And it's like, God already knows because he sees it all. So what you have no, you might as well just go ahead and talk to him because he sees it and he knows it. And we go here to point number three. We must have a sense of urgency to share the gospel. Let's read this. When the angels went away from them in the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph in the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. 
And all who heard it wonder at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told to them. Just like the shepherds, we must respond to the message in belief and obedience and then share the good news of Christ. I've said that multiple times today. We have to have a sense of urgency to share the gospel. I believe that God chose the shepherds to show something very beautiful, something incredible, that anyone is qualified to share the message of God. And I know what you're thinking in this room this morning. That can't be me, Chris. I can't share. I can't go to my FCA and talk to people at school. I'm not good at it. People know about my sins, all this other stuff. Here's the thing. People knew about my sins a long time ago when I was in Statesboro in college and stuff. And if that was the case, I wouldn't be in this position today if I was judged off my past. But I also don't live in my past. Why? Because it's been redeemed. Christ saved me so I can do incredible things. And he has saved you. So you can do incredible things in this world. The gospel is a beautiful message. It's the good news. The shepherds were in awe because the gospel was fulfilled. You see these angels coming to them, right? They see all this stuff happening, and they're like, this can't be true. This can't be real. So they go see it for themselves. And what do they see when they get there? A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes to become the savior of the world. Now, I would be crazy this morning to assume that just because we're in a church and just because we're in a room of people, that each and every one of you are believers. It would just be so wrong of me to assume that. It would also be wrong of me to assume that just because you are a believer, that you're not struggling and that you're not going through things. My calling to you this morning, my challenge, I guess, I guess that's what pastors are supposed to do at the end, right? My challenge to you this morning is simply this. Will you respond to the gospel and are you willing to share the good news? Because guess what? There's lives on the line each and every day. When you step out of here, there is a life on the line. We all know one person who doesn't know the gospel. We all know one person who needs to know Jesus more. And I believe if anyone's going to bring that person to Jesus, it can be you. I'm confident in you and I believe in you. I think a lot of times it helps if someone says, I believe in you, right? I think it helps if someone says, you're more than enough, right, Savannah, right? Doesn't it feel good when someone says, I believe in you? Yes, I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Tiana. Yes, I feel good. See, we see here, that type of stuff makes us feel really good. I believe in you, and the gospel can be achieved. So let's stand to our feet. All around the room, let's just stand for a second. I want to ask you something to do. I want everyone... Let's go old school. So everyone, like, bow your head, close your eyes. Let's let's do that. All around this room, if you would say, if you're not a believer and you want to accept Jesus in your heart for the first time, just raise your hand around this room. It doesn't matter if your hand goes up. If not, we're not going to tell you anything. All right. Also, number two, if you're a believer and you are struggling and you just need prayer, just put your hands up. If you're having doubts, concerns, whatever it is, just put your hands up all around the room. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yeah, they're all coming up. That's awesome. I want to pray for you guys specifically because I believe that we're all fighting a battle. And sometimes the holidays are tough. The holidays are hard for us to achieve those things um, and balance out. So I just want to pray for that this morning. Let's pray. Father, you are so good.
Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done for us on the cross. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for us to be here. And Jesus, we thank you for each and every hand that's raised in this room. Lord, I thank you for the transparency. Thankful for the honesty. And Lord, we just pray as we go into this last song that you would just be with us. Let the words that we sing ring true in our hearts. Father, you're so good. We love you and praise you. And everyone said, amen.